Good morning. How good it is to share God's word together. Our reading comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, starting at verse 28, going down to verse 40. Uh, Jesus had just been telling his his followers a parable, uh, and our reading starts. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Tell them, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent, uh, those who were sent ahead found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the coat, its owners asked them, why are you untying, the, untying it? And they replied, the Lord needs it. And they brought it to Jesus and threw their cloaks on the coat and put Jesus on it. And as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. And when he came near the, the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles that they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As we begin to reflect on God's word, let us take a moment to pray. Heavenly Father, once again we ask you to open our hearts and our minds so that we may hear your voice and that we may know your will. Amen. What a difference a few days can make. It's a phrase that we've heard uh, many times over the last few weeks as our world has been turned upside down. Um, Today we mark Palm Sunday, uh, the beginning of a, a period that many Christians call Holy Week, uh, a week in which the followers of Jesus had their world turned upside down. On Palm Sunday, Jesus was cheered by a crowd shouting Hosanna as he entered Jerusalem. Five days later, he would be jeered by a crowd shouting crucify him as he was led out of Jerusalem like a criminal to be nailed to a cross. What a difference uh, a few days can make. On Palm Sunday, the disciples thought that Jesus' kingdom on earth was about to be established, and by the end of the week, uh, their dreams would be shattered and they themselves would be scattered. It was only after the resurrection that they would realize that the kingdom that Jesus had come to establish was not a, a temporary kingdom, but an eternal kingdom. This king had come not to free them from the power of the Romans, but to free them from the power of sin and death. Something that they could not even have begun to understand on that Palm Sunday. Now these followers of Jesus uh, would emerge from the Easter experience as different people to a very different world. What a difference a few days can make. And none of us today knows how long this pandemic is going to last. Uh, It seems like only yesterday we didn't see it coming. Uh, It seems like only yesterday that we were all going about our business and making our plans and uh, dreaming our dreams and planning our futures and goodness knows what. Um, And suddenly this happened. And uh, I don't know, as I said, we don't know how long it's going to go on. But one thing is certain, that we will emerge as different people into a different sort of world. 
And as I thought about what those differences might be, uh, two words were on my heart. The first is attitude and the other is outlook. Um, attitude is about the way that we respond to people and to situations. And outlook is about perspective. It's about how we see the bigger picture or fail to see the bigger picture. And how we emerge from this present crisis will largely depend on our attitude and on our outlook. Now, our story begins with a couple of disciples being sent to find a donkey. Not just any donkey, but a specific donkey. Go to that village up ahead, says Jesus, and you'll find a certain foal, a certain colt, it's called in some, in some versions, and bring it to me. Anyone who asks you why you're taking it, just say the Lord needs it. And these disciples could have hesitated. They could have thought, well, you know, what is he doing sending us to take away a stranger's donkey? Um, yet their response was simply one of trust in Jesus. Uh, and we, do, we don't quite know how Jesus did it, but in some way he, he went ahead of them and prepared the hearts of the donkey's owners so that as soon as the disciples said, the Lord needs it, uh, the, the owners would just release the animal to them. And occasionally in this life, God prompts us, prompts you and me to do something that makes us feel uncomfortable, uh, something that makes us even feel afraid. And in the present circumstances, many of us will be prompted by God to uh, come out of our comfort zones, to take some risks uh, in order to meet the material and the spiritual needs of others, maybe to offer them prayer. And, um, you know, there have been times in my life when I felt prompted by God to go and see someone, talk to someone that I knew was antagonistic to all forms of religious expression. And uh, by the time I got there, I would find that they were surprisingly receptive and open and grateful and even allowed me to pray with them. And I thought, well, that's amazing. God has gone before me. And so we must trust God in our daily lives, trust him to prepare the way for us. It's, uh, it's a common experience for those of us who just step out in faith. Um, Jesus came to Jerusalem riding on a donkey, and uh, we should just pause for a moment to reflect on the donkey. In our world, donkeys are pretty low-status animals, aren't they? Where they're, uh, they're things that children uh, ride on at the seaside. But in Jesus' time, um, the donkey had a quite different significance. Uh, when Jesus, uh, in Jesus' time, it was the preferred uh, mode of transport for prophets and kings. Uh, when a king entered a city in peace, he would come on a, riding on a donkey. He would only ride a horse when he entered uh, the city as a conqueror. And many of the Jews who crowded into Jerusalem on that uh, first, uh, uh, first Palm Sunday um, had come to celebrate the great feast of Passover, and they really knew their scriptures, and they would have been familiar with the prophecies about the coming of the Messiah. And those who saw Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey would have known that he was fulfilling a prophecy of the prophet Zechariah written 500 years earlier. You'll find it in Zechariah uh, 9, verse 9. Uh, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king is coming to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So what was the attitude of Jesus as he entered Jerusalem on Palm Sunday? He came 
as we know, as a servant king. He came in response to mankind's deepest needs. He was a king who was prepared to carry a cross and to carry the sin of the world. And the Apostle Paul, uh, in his letter to the Philippians, challenges us to adopt that same attitude, the same mindset of Jesus, of service, of humility, of sacrifice. And he says in chapter 2, verses 5 to 8, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Being in very nature God, he did not consider equality with God as something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. At this time when you and I are surrounded by so much need, it's important, more important than ever that we willingly lay down our own uh, likes and preferences and our own needs as we seek to serve one another. One of the extraordinary things that has already come out of the coronavirus crisis is the huge outpouring of selfless service and of, of giving that we see every day. But not everyone understood the significance of the donkey. At the center of Jesus, uh, of, of Palm Sunday, there's this great parade, this procession. Uh, people were worshiping Jesus. They were shouting. They were singing and praising God. Uh, their long-lost king, their long-promised king, <laughs> had, uh, had come at last. Um, and the crowds threw down, in some of the other accounts you'll read, the, 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 the crowds threw down a carpet of clothes for him to, to ride on, and they cut down branches and palms, uh, palm fronds, in order to wave at him as he passed by. And why did they do this? Well, our reading reminds us that it was because of the miracles that they had seen. Uh, in his uh, three years of ministry, uh, Jesus They had seen Jesus feeding the 5,000. They'd seen him raise Lazarus from the dead. They'd seen him give sight to Bartimaeus, who was born blind. Something amazing happens to the attitude of those of us who have a personal experience of Jesus. You and I may never have seen him raise anyone from the dead or may never have experienced someone having their sight restored. But all of us who have had a personal encounter with Jesus have seen lives changed and have seen him and situations that were seemed impossible turned around. And that is a common experience of of many of us. And um, many of us who who encounter Jesus uh, have the the same responses as those that crowd on first Sunday. We too rejoice. We're called to rejoice. We're called to celebrate, to sing and to praise, not only in good times, but in in bad times as well. Uh, We have a Lord who and a Savior whom we can trust and to whom we can, before whom we can cast down all our anxieties, because we know that he loves us. In the face of many challenges, Jesus has the power to transform lives, and uh, and he, he would go on doing that till the end of time. On Palm Sunday, the crowds uh, looking, uh, were looking for a conqueror, a king, who would change their external circumstances and their, their lives. But Jesus came to change their hearts, and they kind of missed the point, didn't they? 
and uh, to transform our thinking. He wants to uh, find, uh, see, uh, give us new ways of loving and serving one another. On that fir- first Palm Sunday, there were thousands upon thousands of pilgrims in Jerusalem who had come to celebrate the Passover. And the hills around the city would have been covered with people, many of them who, who would look down and see Jesus there. What was their attitude? Well, for some of them, it was joyful praise as they surged to join the procession. Others, it was idle curiosity. They would stand back and look at the man, the miracle worker that everyone was talking about. Um, And then there would be some that would have just dismissed the man on a donkey as some sort of crank. Um, You know, as we settle down to this period of being at home, it's a good time for us to think about where we are on that spectrum of thought about Jesus. What is our attitude to him? Uh, do, are we with those that uh, receive him joyfully or are we still wondering what it's all about? And if you, if you have questions on that score, uh, please uh, do contact the church. Someone will, will talk to you and will talk, discuss it with you. But now having thought about attitudes, uh, let us think about outlook and how we obtain a bigger picture um, the crowds on that first Palm Sunday, they knew their scriptures, as we know, uh, they, 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 but they failed to see the bigger picture. Verse 38 of our reading says um, that they, they were praising God and greeting him as king. Blessed be the, is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, they were shouting. And the crowd and their procession of disciples, they also expected a great political leader, as we said, who would restore uh, Israel to its former glory. And uh, they were deaf to the words of their prophets and they were blind to Jesus' true mission. And once it became apparent that Jesus was not uh, going to drive out the Romans and that he would not restore Israel to its former glory, many of them turned against him. Uh, They had truly missed the bigger picture. Their outlook was wrong. One of the most helpful things that I've uh, read about outlook and seeking the bigger picture comes from a sermon by a great Scottish uh, professor and uh, preacher of the last century called James S. Stewart. Uh, Stewart makes a distinction between foreground and background. He uses the metaphor of a painting and says that in each of our lives there's a foreground and, that, and there's, there's also a background, but the foreground is that which is right in front of us, that grabs our attention, that often mesmerizes us, and often we fail because of that to see the background, to get the bigger picture, the deeper picture. And just as on Palm Sunday, the crowds failed to see what kind of king uh, God was sending them, so in our own lives, you and I can easily fail to spot the bigger picture, the bigger thing that God may be doing in and around us. We all know what the present foreground is, don't we? Uh, we, we know that it is the, the ongoing horror story of, of the global pandemic that is taking lives and destroying livelihoods and generally just wreaking havoc in our world. Uh, many individuals and churches are crying out every day that God should eliminate uh, the coronavirus right now, um, purify the land, get rid of it. And there's nothing wrong with that plea. I mean, our Heavenly Father wants us to pray out whatever is on our hearts. But what if the crisis goes on and on? Uh, Will we feel let down? 
by God? Will we even turn away from him in disappointment? Well, by all means, let's pray every day for an end to the crisis. But let's also seek God to open our eyes, asking him to open our eyes to help us, to give us that bigger perspective, to show us uh, what, how what we're going through at the moment fits into his bigger plan for humanity. Um, but where do we actually seek that, that background? Where do we find uh, that whatever God is doing? How do we get a handle on that? Uh, well, the background can be found in Scripture. A story came back to me as we went into lockdown of something that happened to me in my 20s. Um, I remembered that I was sitting by the bedside of a lovely Christian man uh, who was dying of cancer. He was a professor of New Testament theology. He was filled with the joy of the Lord and always laughing and joking right up to the last day of his life. And he was also one of the best and most widely read uh, read people that I've ever known. He, he devoured books on a wide range of subjects uh, at the rate of uh, four or five a week. And as uh, I sat beside him in, by his hospital bed, he talked to me about the works that had most influenced his life. And then at a certain point he stopped and he looked at me and he said, you know, my boy, he said, there's actually only one book that's really worth reading. And he said, it's the only book it's the Bible, and it's the only book that will show you what God's purpose is in your life. And it will reveal to you, as you pray through it and read it, it will reveal God's plan for the world. And it's only by immersing yourself in the Bible that you will eventually make sense of what is going on in this world of ours. And as we, you and I hunker down in our homes, uh, let's resolve to every day immerse ourselves in the Word of God. There's no better way for us uh, to reveal the background than to let God speak to us through his Word uh, uh, in Scripture. And if you're struggling with the Bible, if you're unfamiliar with it, or you don't know where to start, do contact us uh, at St. John's, and someone will help you and help you to, to get started and get into it. Um, a question that's often asked at this time is, where is God? Uh, and the simple answer is, God is where Jesus is. Uh, Jesus said, if you've seen me, uh, you'll, you've seen the Father. And throughout his earthly ministry, um, people, Jesus was where, where people were. After his resurrection, he said that he would be with us forever. Well, where is God? Well, he's at the wedding and he's at the funeral He's with us on good days and on bad days. Uh, he is with us uh, when the markets are up and he's with us when the markets are down. He, uh, he's the God of Good Friday and he's the God of Easter Sunday. He's the God of our amazing and he's the God of our mundane. And he's with us in, when we laugh and he's with us when we weep. So um, many... For many of us at the moment, the future looks very uncertain, doesn't it? And at this time, we, it's a time that we need to ask God to transform our outlook. Uh, we need to know that he's with us, but we need him to show us his bigger picture as we entrust uh, our future to his care. Uh, let me end with uh, some words, uh, Jesus' words that have come to mean a lot to me over the past few days. They're taken from his Sermon on the Mount. And it's from chapter 6. 
And Jesus says, do not worry uh, what, uh, you know, do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Uh, what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Let us pray. Father God, we seek your kingdom and we seek it first. And we, and as we seek it, we will enjoy the peace and the joy that comes from finding new life in your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.